Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Money is one of the rewards you get for adding value to the lives of others. And I just love this quote by Paul McKenna. Welcome again to the Profitable Photographer. Here it is now in November. So today's episode might be short. I'm going to be sharing about framing. Now it could be long because sometimes I just, you know, find more to talk about than I think. Um, But uh, selling frames has been a super, super popular addition to my income and my service to my wall portrait clients. Before I get started, I want to let you know that I'm absolutely starting my sales academy. It's a private group. It's going to run for six months and it's twice a month. Plus there is some online recordings to enhance learning how to sell those three to seven or eight wall portraits each and every time. So if you want to set up a quick chat to find out if it is a fit for you, I'd love to do that. You can just go to Lucy at lucydumas.com and send me an email. Or if you want to just make sure that you get the notices, join my private group, The Profitable Photographer, like my The Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas page, and get on my mailing list by hooking into one of my gifties that's on my website, lucydumascoaching.com. Lucy's always with an I. Um, <laughs> Why is it with an I? Somebody might ask. Uh, And people misspell it a lot. And the truth is, I never liked my name. L-U-C-Y. That was my name. And then when I was 12, I read Little Women. And I think it was Betsy changed the spelling of her name. And I played around and realized that Lucy with an I, it felt creative and it felt like me. I didn't know I was an artist. I didn't know I would grow up to be a photographer. Um, But anyway, it's never too late to think about what's going on in your life and making some changes. (laughs) So I don't know, just thought you'd want to (laughs) know. Okay. Framing. Now, before I get started on that, it is right before the holidays and maybe you're listening to this and thinking about what am I going to do about holiday cards or Black Friday? Should I do a Black Friday sale? Should I do some minis? So let's start with minis. I am not a huge fan of Christmas minis. My reason is this is the time of year that people think about wanting photographs, maybe for Christmas cards, but in general, they just think about it. And so when people inquire about cards, it's really easy for me to turn them into high paying clients. And I feel like if minis are available, um, then there's a lot of clients that could and would be investing well in beautiful photographic art. And then the bonuses, we include cards, um, you know, they put on some Santa hats or, I help them 
make cards. I don't give files so that they do it themselves, but I help design and print the cards. And um, where we're just using a beautiful photograph and the card itself has a theme. So anyway, that's, that's my take on that. I do know people who uh, rake in some nice income or get set up for some nice future business by using minis wisely. Uh, but that isn't something I've done. First of all, I don't like to work that hard. <laughs> I'd rather do one client or two for the same money as two weekends of minis could bring in. Now, all that being said, I could see having something that is just available for former clients and or referrals that get them a holiday photograph easily every single year. So they stay connected with me as long as it doesn't interfere with the high paying uh, custom work that I do. So anyway, that's my thoughts about, about the minis. Uh, I would consider something like a mini during slow time of year when I need to kind of uh, beat the bushes to just bump up my cash flow for a month, you know, I would think about that. Anyway, um, and feel free to send me emails or post your thoughts on the Facebook group about that. Okay, Black Friday. I think that people are looking for ways to spend some money and one idea I would consider as a Black Friday is something that they use after the holidays. And then case by case basis, if they want to prepay something, um, like I don't see it as, again, let's have a sale when people are delighted to, to do retail during the holiday season. Does that make sense? Um, but something, I don't know. Anyway, what ideas do you have? I, um, yeah. Okay. Another issue <laughs> at the holidays, cause I don't have any great answers to that. So I'm going to be paying attention myself to ideas for black Friday. Oh, you could do like a, like a two for one, um, where they get bonus money if they pre-purchase on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or something like that, you know, where they get a, or double your initial investment or something. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Okay. Holiday cards. It's actually getting pretty darn late to even think about these things. Um, first off, this is a time to be thinking about your own holiday cards. One of the things I've done without fail is send out holiday cards every single year, but one to my clients that I've enjoyed. And sometimes I've also done other cards during the year, <clears throat> which I highly recommend staying in touch with snail mail. But sending out a, a nice greeting, what I do is a photograph that is a little mini work of art from um, either my travels or it might be a flower or something so that it's a, it's a little gift 
and a little greeting. If I have something like I did family portraits of my whole family several years ago, you know, the, all the generations. And so on the inside, I put a little, uh, a little copy of that, but they still got a nice greeting that I custom designed. So now is the time. And usually the labs have a two for one special when you order before Thanksgiving or something like that. So it's a good time to do your uh, own personal cards. And that being said, one of the most important things when you're starting your business or you're thinking, I need to step it up, is to keep a very active, full, robust address, email, phone numbers, list of your clients, and staying in touch with them on a regular basis. Newsletters, quarterly postcards, just to say hi, um, you know, keeping top of mind. The other nice thing that happens when you're sending out holiday cards or any other snail mail is that then you update. And I have had people like, I don't take them off my list if they move away from San Diego, because I've had people fly me to Washington State, Washington, D.C., um, Colorado to do portraits. So, um, you know, staying top of mind, even, even when they leave where you live is always a good idea. Okay. Holiday cards. Ugh. When people call me, I want just, I have that word just, I want just cards. So I have an option, which no one ever takes me up on, but I say I can do it where they could hire me for just a card session and they pay the session fee and then a $500 fee and they can order as many cards as they want at cost because that takes care of my minimum. I collect a three to $500 minimum purchase for any session in addition to uh, the session fee so that it weeds out people that might be interested in just buying one five by seven. And um, so if they decide they want to invest that $500 on a portrait, because they can do that, then um, let me see if I'm explaining this right. <laughs> it does get confusing. Anyway, they could hire me for card only or when they see the work, if they decide they want wall portraits and other things, which of course I'm encouraging them to do, then they can buy the cards on a sliding scale. So the more they invest, the less the cards are. I will tell people cards can range from $10 a piece in multiples of 25 down to free. If you invest $5,000, $10,000, I'm going to happily give you 50 cards. And then your, my cost pretty much, you know, a buck a piece or so, uh, if they want a lot more it, they're just for the work involved holiday cards are not that profitable unless you use them, um, strategically. So the other thing is over the years, as I 
it became more and more high-end, more service-oriented, I, I found that I wasn't wanting to do holiday sessions with holiday themes, Santa hats and reindeer and things like that. I would just encourage people to have a nice session that they can order prints, they can give some nice gifts, and then we do the cards with a theme to it. Um, I buy templates. Uh, Etsy has some good options for like collections. Um, Fundy, it's a it's a software that you can design all kinds of things in. I use it to design books and you can do room views, you can do branding. They now have a card design system that is super easy. So if I were really active again in photographing and doing holiday cards, I would be using that for sure because I can spend way too much time um, on designing. Now, before I jump into the frame conversation, you might be thinking, but Lucy, wouldn't it be simpler to just sell them or give them a digital file? Let's say they invest really well. Why not give them a file? Well, my nephew and his family used to, when it was film days, we always got together almost every year around Thanksgiving in person. And I would do an update and I would send them some some quick proofs and they would, I would do a card for them. Then digital came around and I did some fun digitals at Thanksgiving and I just sent them my favorite files. And then I got their card and two things. They picked the worst card possible that did not go with the photograph. They cropped it badly and their skin was literally blue. And years later in a conversation with what is now my former sister-in-law, she honestly believed I was no longer a good photographer because of what her Walmart Christmas cards looked like. Oh, she has beautiful wedding album, wall portraits, you know, all these cards turned out well. And so because I really care about what my work looks like and the enjoyment that people have, I, I just, it is just hard for me to turn over a file, um, even to say a photographer, because they may not pick the card that I think goes with the image. Like if I, if I were photographing a friend, photographer friends, I would still want to supervise that. So Anywho, these are just some random thoughts on minis, Black Friday, holiday cards, and such. <laughs> so on to framing. I sell tons of wall portraits, as you know. And those pictures, they need frames because I am not a huge fan of gallery wraps. And nowadays, even gallery wraps, people are putting in those um, little skinny float frames, something like that. And there is really good money to be made selling custom frames. 
I would estimate that 20% of my income in any given year when I was, um, you know, before I was coaching, so the 39 years or so beforehand, uh, 20% of my income came from selling frames and it came from selling frames after the, the purchase on a different day. So how did I make that happen? You might ask. Well, first of all, I work with wholesale framers, not storefronts. An average markup is three to five times the cost. So if a 16 by 20 frame cost me $100, then I might charge $350, allowing uh, in there that $50 allows for some shipping. And I would be ordering it from one of the wholesale companies that particularly serves the photographic industry. Now, several of my favorite frame companies have gone out of business. I'm currently trying to find a list of recommendations, which I'm going to be at the PPA Imaging Expo in January. I'm going to be seeing who's there and finding out, um, you know, their prices and their service and so forth. So, um, okay, I feel like I lost track. So let me get back to that. Three to five times markup, depending on the price. Now, why do I do at least three times? Because invariably there's gonna be something that I accidentally damage. And if I have to order it again, I wanna at least make some profit. So I'd never do two or two and a half times. It's also fairly industry standard. So in the event that I were ordering frames from a regular frame shop, it's they, they're retail like I am. So it's pretty hard to make much profit, even if they give you a discount, unless they are going to give you a lot closer to wholesale prices. So um, you know, that's what I do. I have all the supplies here. It is fairly easy to, for a frame that does not have mat and glass to uh, use this little framing nail gun to put the photograph in that I've had mounted on uh, styrene or masonite and then paper the back and wire it and put my sticker on it on the back and so forth. I feel like I'm jumping ahead. So let's see. Now, if I did matte and glass, which is not something I'm really fond of, I would not do it myself. I would find a company where I can send the print to them or my lab can send the print to them and have that done. Now, why don't I like matte and glass? Well, first of all, for that one reason, it's, it's hard to install it properly, there's always going to be fuzz <laughs> or some little thing in the glass. And I don't like that they're looking at my images either through reflective glass, so they never quite see the image right, or the um, non-glare, I think, still has a tiny bit of haze. I like the look of a nice thick wooden frame, whether it's painted black or it's it's a tone um it's gold or you know whatever 
whatever else, because to me, it looks more like investment art. When I go to museums, which I frequently do, almost all of the paintings I see are in nice, thick, chunky frames, and there's definitely no mat with paintings. So I like to present my work as if it's a painting. Occasionally, there are some fun things. Like if I was doing more lifestyle and I was doing like a story group where we were having like five of the same size that you could walk down a hall or, you know, another spot and you could look at them one at a time. Mountain glass could be fun, but it's, it's a hassle. And I think that, that the mat, the mats, if they're white, they can pull our eye away from the photograph. And if you do a color, well, then you get into a whole can of worms about what's the perfect color for this. That being said, if you ever use glass, something has to separate the image from the glass so that um, condensation doesn't, doesn't have the photograph stick. Or sometimes we get little silverfish that like to crawl between the photograph and the glass. So there's spacers. Um, and if you're doing a mat, you have to do acrylic or glass. When I say glass, I mean acrylic as well. You have to because the paper mats are gonna get dirty and dingy and yucky. If you like a little separation from the wood, there's velvet and linen liners available, or sometimes you can do a dual wood where like you have something flat on the inside and one tone and then something ornate. You know, those are kind of fun and creative. Anywho, so that's my thoughts on that. Now, how do I sell them? I do not, include frames with a price of something, with the price of a wall portrait, not a something, but with a wall portrait. Even though I desperately want all of my clients to leave here with my work framed, I feel like if they're paying for the frame along with the art, number one, they're gonna buy less art because I think people have a comfort zone of, investment. So if today $3,500 is in their comfort zone, they're either going to pick, let's say four wall portraits or three and the frames or two in the frames or, you know, however it works out. Whereas if, and there's actually a psychology behind that, um, it might be called the step up method where I get them agreeing to a portrait session with a session fee and a minimum purchase that they pay up front. So that's their comfort zone of the initial investment. And then we have the sale and that is a comfort zone. And then the third step is the framing. So rather than all at once, we, we step up to the, the final investment level. Also, if I'm trying to sell frames during the sales session, it can overwhelm them. They've already been making a lot of decisions. And when I get to that yes point about what they want to purchase, if I say, okay, now do we want to add frames to that? In my experience, because I've tried it, it can completely upend a really great sale. 
first of all, I don't want them even thinking about frames at the time unless they say, oh my gosh, and then I, we're going to need frames. Then I just kind of sidetrack it and say, well, you know, we can think about that later. Or um, sometimes I'll include a little bonus of like 10% of their purchase can go to photographic art if if that helps them get to yes on the art. So I hoping this is making sense to you is I don't want to overwhelm them and I don't want them to have a, a lower total purchase of art. And so that's why I don't include it or put it with or sell it during the sales session. Um, another reason I don't include it is that Framing can be from economical to a really sizable investment. So if, if I put a price with framing on there, I'm deciding sort of what price point, what quality level people should have from me. And um, I like to leave that open. There's a third uh, I haven't been numbering, but I think this is a third reason why I um, don't include framing in my pricing is to avoid the initial sticker shock of them deciding to work with me. So if they were looking at my pricing and a 16 by 20 was, let's say a thousand dollars, because let's say I charged $600 for a 16 by 20, not on canvas. And then the frame needs to be at least three or $400 for me to have profit on the frame. Then it looks like a thousand dollars is my cost of a 16 by 20. Um, now I don't want to look too cheap because I don't want to be having a lot of people that are super budget conscious but there are also wonderful clients who initially uh, looking at $1,000 or 1,500 or 2,000 or whatever would be that price point for an item with a frame, that it might, it might be uncomfortable for them. So that's reason number three why I don't include framing is the sticker shock. All right, now, there are several types of frames. And I already talked about the mat and the glass and the thick wood. And there are also metal frames. I don't think metal goes with photographic art in most cases. So I stick to wood, even if it's a black lacquer. Um, so with, with wood frames, there's custom built available as well as already pre-made, what I call the sticks, where they're just long sticks that the frame company buys from a manufacturer and then cuts. And what I do is I order them chopped and joined so that I just have to use my little gun and put them in and paper the back and, and wire it. Um, most frame companies, are showing the sticks. The pre-made, what you see is what you get. They might also sell some ready-mades in standard sizes that have some little detail on the corners and so forth. 
I sell a lot of unusual sizes. So I like the freedom of being able to have it uh, exactly the dimension that I think looks best on the photograph. Um, the custom made and the company right now that I'm using, and I'm not sure what's happening with them right now. You know, COVID has created challenges for frame companies as well as all kinds of companies. Um, but HUSAR Picture Frame, H-U-S-A-R, they've always been really supportive to um, the photography and portrait industry. They, they know what we need. A lot of the who's who over the years of top photographers selling wall portraits are HUSAR clients. There are some other companies. Um, I think um, is it American Classic, they make the custom built, but I don't know if we can get it custom. I need to call them sometime and find out. But what the custom made companies do is you pick the molding you like, you pick the color or the gilding. So it's usually silver or gold or black for the most part. And then there's over painting that's done and other things that can be distressed looking, things like that. So you pick the exact tone that you like. And then if you want any ornamentation, you add that to it. And um, I absolutely love that because to me, framing is such an art and having the right frame in the right shape with the right ornamentation can totally up level a, a portrait and bring your eye right to the the tones the shapes the textures little details so i love that custom nature of the hand built ones they do take a while you know it can be busy season it can be a month to two and a half months and they are possibly a little more fragile you have to be careful with them but um, they're gorgeous and you can also make really good money with them because they start out fairly expensive as they should be. So for your highest end clients, uh, look into that. Okay. So Lucy, you might ask, <laughs> how the heck do you sell frames if you're not including them? And I created a system where I'd say, um, at least 50% of my clients or more eventually let me help them with framing. Now on my price list, I list a classic luster finish, a true canvas, which if you've listened to my show, you know that the labs that I like um, use the real canvas where they take a photograph, they strip the backing off it, and they heat seal it to an actual artist canvas, the kind you can paint on. Um, so that's in my second pricing. And then I have a price for a gallery wrap. And then I put a little in quotes or frame. And so when I'm doing the consultation, I say that um, I do offer framing and it's in the middle price. It's about the same as having a gallery wrap. So it's just a decision of, do you want it in a 
do you want to keep it ready to pick a frame or do you want me to gallery wrap it? So I've planted that seed about framing. And in my conference room, I have all of my work is framed except one gallery wrap. And I have a little wall piece that has about 15 frame corners. So they see that I sell frames. So that's another little seed I plant. Then when they're ordering, if they ask about framing, I say that my recommendation is that we think about that once I get my color tests back. So I'm really picky about color. In fact, at Mid-South Color Lab, <laughs> Dirk says that I'm the pickiest about color of any of their clients. So that's gotta be pretty picky because they serve a lot of fabulous clients. Um, it's so I send in my files and get proofs made before I design albums and before I, I uh, pull the trigger on a wall portrait order. So I get 16 by 20 proofs, which they will do for $7 and 50 cents. If you promise not to sell it, <laughs> and you have to put it in your notes. And I've worked with other labs and they will do that as well on request. Okay, so I get back a 16 by 20 of every wall portrait I'm going to print that's gonna be 16 by 20 or larger. Uh, just to make sure I like my retouching and I like their color balance, which they will match if I like it, or they will make some minor adjustments uh, if I don't feel like I need to do that myself and then send it, send it in again. Quality control. I'm all about quality control. So I tell my clients, I'm going to be getting color tests in. So if you would like to set up an appointment to come over and pick frames and, and just check it out. I don't say approve it. I'm not giving them that power unless they're the people that are as particular as I am that I know I, I better get their okay on it. But that's like one in 20, one in 25 clients that need to approve it. Okay, so that's seed number two, as I've said, if you'd like to have my help with framing, um, then I'm going to get these tests in. I'll give you a call. You can pop over. I'll pull out several that I think might be a good idea. And, and um, then I can order the frames while the work is getting printed and deliver it ready to display on your wall. So maybe a third of my clients say that sounds great. And they come over um, now. It's a little aside, but a lot of photo labs now are offering frames that when you get it, it's ready to go. And that is awesome. And this is definitely how I would handle this is, is to have them have that second opportunity to come and order frames from me um, so that, and then I would, I would only be offering what my lab offers unless I you know, unless you're willing to uh, install yourself if they choose one the lab doesn't offer. So, so if they say, well, no, not at this time, 
then I say, well, that's great. You know, when you come and pick up the art, if you'd like to set aside a little extra time where I can show you some frame options and you can order at that time, um, you know, just let, let me know. And then when I call them to deliver their art, I say, do you need a little extra time? Do we need to book like an hour together where you can pick a frame? And then I'd say another 20, 20 to 30% of my clients at that point say, sure. So it's all these little seeds and opportunities I planted. And I don't mind if I'm going to make, let's say I've, I've sold five wall portraits. On the average, I might earn an extra two to $4,000 selling frames to have those wall portraits installed into. And that is, it's easy money because I don't have to photograph again. I don't have to sell. I don't have to retouch. I just have to order the frame. And when it comes here, boom, boom, boom. I have my assistant install it. When I'm busy, I always have somebody that helps me with the physicality of, of you know, a wall portrait business. And it's just money in my pocket. So that's how I sell them is planting those seeds. In my perfect world, everyone would have a frame. And also if my ideal clients lived near me, then I would be offering to install. And that's a big plus for um, someone who is thinking, well, I could have you frame it or I could go somewhere else. Um, another big plus that I say, if they're like, well, I'll go somewhere else is to talk about a guarantee. If I do the framing, I guarantee that it is going to be damage free. If you take this to, let's say, a, you know, a commercial framer and they happen to damage it, the replacement is full price. A lot of people love that idea that that they're going to get that full service and they don't have to worry, you know, they don't have to carry it around with them. It's just done and it's, it's warranted basically. Um, one of the challenges right now, but this will, this will pass is the suppliers. I've noticed that a lot more things are out of stock with the frame companies. So you definitely want to keep up with which of your favorite frames are available and which are not. And just like I recommend having a great relationship with your photo lab, if you get a great relationship with, with a couple of framers, they'll look out for you. They'll, if you say, you know, these are the five frames I love the most and you're doing a lot of business with them. If something's out of stock, it's highly possible they'll send you an email or give you a call and say, I just want you to know that this frame, this favorite frame is not available right now. So um, yeah, there's also, and part of, like I said earlier, why I'm not giving you recommendations is that several of the companies that I've worked with regularly um, I'm not sure if they're open anymore or if they've changed where they're just, uh, 
you know, they're not serving photographers anymore. I'm not sure. So um, one place to discover frame companies is if you have ProSelect, which is a great program for selling your work, they have an option of um, adding the frame during the order. And so they've got a list of frame companies that, that you can uh, download these different frame companies frames and look at the work, look at the pieces in the frames. So my assumption is that most of the people that are a part of the ProSelect family of frame companies uh, would be re highly recommended by, by the owner of that company. Okay, I hope this is making sense. I'm just trying to think of everything that I usually tell my coaching clients one at a time. <laughs> so now I've got a little class where not only you, but my one-on-one -on -one and my group coaching clients can listen to, to know my philosophy and how I make big, big money selling frames. Um, <laughs> I want to caution you, it can get super addictive. And <laughs> one of the reasons I loved when there was a company that I could totally custom make the hand-built um, frames, any color, any style is because I would always be like, oh, I like the shape of this frame, but the color's not quite right. Or I like the color of this, but there's too much detail. So, um, you know, those are really fun, but um, people are gonna get frames somewhere and, Oh, and also you don't want to leave it to them or their decorators if you can avoid that. And my little sad story on this is I photographed a friend's wedding and I, it was actually, I was in the wedding, but I did a portrait session of them in their wedding clothes as a gift. And then I gifted them a wall portrait. And at the same time, she was having her home redecorated. And we didn't pick a location that went with the decor because she hadn't set that up. So we went to a, a little, we used to call it fake lake in San Diego. It's just a little, a little uh, artificial lake and it's very green with willow trees. So it was only green and white and black and wood and water reflection colors. The decorator picked a frame to go with the decor, but it did not go with the photograph at all. It was busy, it was flowery, the coloring did not go with the green. Um, it just, oh, and <laughs> when I went to her house, it's just like, there it is, isn't it awesome? And I was just like, great. <laughs> it was so hard not to say, what have you done? <laughs> so. Anyway, framing, just like, you know, if you're ever watching a red carpet, uh, you know, award shows, they always talk about the jewelry and how the jewelry sets off the outfits. Well, that's what framing is. It's the shoes, it's the purse, it's the jewelry, it's the earrings of art. <laughs> so, anywho, um, well, I hope this was helpful to you all. And I'm here for you. 
I adore you. I, even though I haven't met you, or maybe I have shout out to everybody I've met. Oh, and if you're going to imaging expo, I am going to have a get together of friends of the profitable photographer. I don't have a time yet. I'm thinking four o'clock um, for coffee and I'm buying, or there might be a, a happy hour, um, but pay attention to um, that info because I would love to give you a hug and I'm going to invite the speakers. A lot of people that have been on my show, not speakers, but my guests, a lot of them are going to the expo because of course I'm a big professional photographers of America fan. And so I've pulled from my colleagues to have these great interviews over the last two and a half years. So anyway, wouldn't it be great to all meet up? So that's my plan. And also look for me. I'm going to have a button that says, ask me about my podcast. And I'll have a button for you if you're there um, for you to wear with the profitable photographer. Okay. Have a great, great, great Thanksgiving coming up and whatever holiday you celebrate, uh, you know, here in the future. And until next time. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.